0: What's up everybody? Welcome to the Promenade Merchants podcast. We are an independent Star Trek podcast brought to you by deltajulietmike.com. I'm David Majors. I'm joined by my co-host, the fantastic Heather Kirby. What's up, Heather?
1: What's up, David? Uh, it's springtime here in the Midwest. So if you hear like howling winds behind me, it, it that that's nothing abnormal. That's just what happens in April <laughs> in Ohio.
0: Until the temperatures drop 40 degrees and it's almost winter again. Oh,
1: yeah. That's supposed to happen tomorrow. That's why the the winds are coming up tonight.
0: (laughs) Same in Michigan. Same in Michigan. Those few days we had where it felt like summer were very nice and now they're gone. Yep. Okay. So we've got a lot of star trek to talk about star trek picard season three is reaching its conclusion there's news there's notes there's all sorts of stuff going on in the world of star trek heather but uh let's get started with the old business if you're new to the podcast hi i'm david she's heather we talk about star trek uh the old business is where we cover what we call or what will wheaton likes to call legacy star trek which is everything from the cage up to and including the kelvin movies so we're going to start there then we'll get into new business then upcoming business and old business this was something that i think is very appropriate with what we're watching now with the most recent episode of star trek picard and heather i think i've been seeing a lot of people being very in their feels recently, and telling their stories about their first encounter with Star Trek: The Next Generation, the show that really brought Star Trek back to pop culture prominence. It it brought it to new heights and, and new levels of popularity uh, during its run on television in the late '80s and early '90s for seven seasons. So, I wanted to ask you, Heather, what do you remember about your first encounter with? Star Trek TNG.
1: Um. Well, you know, I I I've talked in depth multiple times about like we both have that TNG is our first Star Trek, and I think for a lot of people uh, of our age that, that that's that's about right. You know, if you started watching Star Trek as a as a kid when you're our age, thirty five, thirty six, thirty seven, like TNG was your Star Trek. Like, uh, it's as old as I am. Um, so, I, my first memories of TNG, um, I love Dr. Crusher. Um, so, I, I, as a kid, and we're talking like seven, eight, nine years old, um, I had a thing for redheaded women. <laughs>
0: i mean don't we all
1: (laughs) i mean we did i i didn't recognize back then exactly why i had a thing for redheaded women because i didn't come out until like realized i was bi until i was in my 30s but i i had a thing for redheaded women (laughs) as a kid so i love dr crusher (laughs) She was what immediately drew me to the show. And I, I'm going to say that right here and now. Uh, I loved watching Dr. Crusher on screen. And I think she, like, just little me was absolutely enthralled by her and uh, enamored by her. And and I think one of the, besides my love of Dr. Crusher, one of my earliest like things that really stuck in my head about TNG was the the, the music and and the opening score and 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 an entrance to the show. I mean that is is really iconic, you know, to hear like Patrick Stewart's words and and um, just the the music and the way it rises and it. it Smacks you right in the face and 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 really sh- shows you like, hey, this is a adventurous TV show. You need to come watch it. Um, so i I think that's probably a big note that that I remember very fondly as some of my earliest memories of TNG is my love of Doctor Crusher and and just the the opening.
0: I definitely remember the opening because it was something that my mom and I would say together watching the show. Uh, That was something that we did together. Uh, For me, it probably would have been I discovered Star Trek TNG uh, kind of through my mother but also through reading Rainbow. Uh, It was kind of around the same time. This would have been like 1989, 1990, I was like five or six years old. And I would watch Reading Rainbow on PBS. And LeVar Burton was the host of Reading Rainbow. So, later on, as time went on, I would sit down with my mom, and we will watch Star Trek The Next Generation. And as a little kid, I kind of didn't pay a lot of attention. Uh, but then... I noticed that there was Geordie LaForge with the visor on his head. And then I would read the credits Lavar Le- LeVar Burton as Lieutenant Commander Geordie LaForge. And then I put it together that, Oh wait, he's the guy from reading rainbow. And that that's when it came together for me. And that's when I really started paying attention, and getting into star Trek. I would watch it with my mother and my sister and it was something that we all kind of bonded over it was all something we liked together but it was seeing lavar burton geordie laforge uh my sister and i like to call him the patron saint of blurds everywhere he's <laughs> kind of a hero to blurds all over the world and for me, reading Rainbow and Geordie LaForge were very, very formative, fundamental parts of my childhood. Seeing, uh, like my mom would talk about and how many black women have talked about with Aurora, seeing them have a place in the future, seeing an intelligent black man in the future, it felt like there was a place for me too as a little kid. And seeing... LeVar Burton there really meant a lot. And later on, there was an episode of Reading Rainbow where he did a behind-the-scenes episode of Star Trek The Next Generation, which I thought at the time was the coolest thing ever. Because we got to see all of the cast and the crew and the set and the ships of the the set of the Enterprise, the whole ship and everything, and how it was all made and put together. And it was just the coolest thing in the world. Just it was just little David was just geeking out all over it at a very young age because I found all of this so, so cool. So for me, it was definitely LeVar Burton. And also, I very vividly remember uh, seeing the Borg episodes. Uh, and I remember Captain Picard saying, we have engaged the Borg, which would have been part one of the two-parter where he was assimilated. and. Those are the things that I can definitely recall the most. So it was like the first three seasons of The Next Generation where I really caught on.
1: See, that that's so interesting because it, it's like we have very similar stories in that way. Because honestly, like the, the first full episode I ever remember watching is when Q introduces them to the Borg. <laughs> you know? So... Uh, it, yeah i i i mean it, it's interesting to see how how people connect in different ways but in in very similar ways too because i i think that's that's one of the things not not just because gates was incredibly attractive but it it really amazed me watching a a woman who was a doctor and, and who was smart and intelligent and scientific and all those things on The Next Generation and, and really inspired me that I could do anything as a woman, you know? And, and, and like I said, the, all, all my earliest, like, television heroes – Happened to be two redheaded women, but the other one was Dana Scully, okay, who was also a doctor, who was also smart, who was also intelligent. And so, like, there's very much a a connectivity there when you see, and, and it shows the importance of, like, representation. And when you see someone that you can connect with and sit there and say, oh, I can do that, I can be like them. That's important for a kid.
0: It, it really is. It's important for a lot of kids uh, to see themselves and to see something to aspire to. some And someone that they feel like they can aspire to be. And thankful for Star Trek for having something like that for both of us.
1: Yes, very much so.
0: All right, shall we jump into new business?
1: <laughs> yeah, let's jump in.
0: All right, so Star Trek epi- Star Trek Picard episode nine of season three just aired. The episode entitled Vox, and we've got a lot to talk about between our last episode and now. So let's let's go through all of the things that have happened just in general. Uh, did we talk about Professor Moriarty? no okay so we finally got our reveal of professor moriarty and he was it turned out he was the ai protecting the security system at daystrom station that was hiding the remains of the body of jean-luc picard
1: well i i mean but was he though I I don't think he was actually the AI. I think Data was the AI. Like Moriarty was just uh, the like embodiment of
0: the security system. Uh,
1: uh, uh, of the security system, but but like he 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 used multiple different things to get Riker's attention. So it was Moriarty, but it was also the bird. It was also the, the, the whistling tones. Like he, he used multiple different things to get his attention that it was data. Yeah. Do you see what I'm trying to say? Like, I don't think it was actually Moriarty. I think it was, Data using the figure of Moriarty to show that it was data.
0: Right, right. I think you're right on that one. I think you are. So we've got a lot to go through. Um, I feel like that there's been a lot. Like we've got, we saw Tuvok uh, making a cameo, Tim Russ reprising his role as Tuvok. Uh, who is apparently a captain, uh, having a moment of dialogue with Seven of Nine. And I have to say, during this bit, when I heard the Voyager theme, I absolutely lost it and thought it was just the best moment ever. Until we found out it was revealed that that's not actually Tuvok at all.
1: Yeah, I I mean, that really showed how much... Uh the changelings have infiltrated starfleet and really had their hand in almost every part and to even people like closely related to our 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 crew um, and the characters that were following on the titan so it, that was it, it was nice to see tuvok and then it was kind of heartbreaking to realize it wasn't tuvok
0: Uh, what next? What next? Uh, we we find out Jack has some telepathic powers, and he's able to control people's minds and enter their minds and see through them, and that's pretty interesting. And we'll talk about that a little bit later. And let's see what else. We find out about why Vatic has such a an agenda against the. Ge- the Federation and exactly what happened to her, uh, and why she hates the Federation so much. Uh, they were torturing her and other changelings to kind of develop them and breed them into spies. And Thaddock swore revenge against the Federation.
1: Yeah, I. I mean, it. It. I wish I could say I was surprised by that. But, like, if you watch Deep Space Nine and you know how far Section 31 went when it comes to dealing with the Changelings, like, you're not surprised by that.
0: No. No, you're not. Uh, I think that, speaking of Section 31, how do you feel about this upcoming Section 31 series that they keep saying is actually happening still?
1: Have they said it's actually happening?
0: They have they have said it's still in development.
1: I I feel like they're just gonna keep giving that answer. Um I want to see a Star Trek series with now Oscar winner Michelle Yo. So whenever they decide to make it, I'm on board with it, okay? <laughs> I I have said that from the beginning but I am on board with this series. Um, And I feel like it got pushed aside because the fans wanted to see Strange New Worlds instead. And it's probably gonna be pushed aside again. Um, But yeah, I'm on board with it if they ever decide to make it.
0: I think I'm with you on that. Uh, Mostly for Michelle Yeoh. I like her in everything. So this will be no different. Uh, did you see Everything Everywhere all at once? Have you seen it?
1: Yes. Yes.
0: Okay. Yeah. Great movie. Great movie. Yeah. Uh, let's see. What else? Uh, we find another Sung android that contains data, lore, B4, and everything else Alton Sung pro- programmed into it. And they're fighting over control of the body. And eventually, it looks as though Lore is going to win, but somehow Data is triumphant.
1: I, I, I think we all knew Data was going to be triumphant in that. Um, at, and that's, okay, so here's one of the, <laughs> the things that really bothered me about season three of Picard. It's little things like that in which, like, you're not surprised at all. Like, we, we see Worf show up being Worf, even though he's kind of a pacifist, but he still kicks ass. Uh, not surprised at all. We see Geordi be a very good dad, but still a very smart engineer. Uh, not surprised at all. We see this Brent Spiner body <laughs> that they tell us has half lore and half data in it. Is anyone really surprised that data actually won, even though it didn't look like he was going to win? Like data always triumphs. Okay. There was no other way that was going to go badly. Um, so. Yeah. The, the, I, I, I just, I'm not really surprised by any of it. So.
0: Okay. All right. Um, neither am I, not necessarily. But it is nice to see, in my opinion, it's nice to see uh, a new and improved Data. And now he has what looks to be sort of a fully realized personality uh, inside of this new body. And I think that's pretty cool for him. I think it's the culmination of what he's been striving for since we first met Data. And I think that's really cool. Um, I think that might go into a point that I'm gonna talk about a little bit later because I'm glad this is the final season of Picard. And and that's what I want to say about that. I'm glad that this is the final season. Deanna Troy made her way in to this season. Uh the she was captured by the Shrike. And eventually Will Riker went after her well no will riker was captured by the changelings and Worf and rafi were able to save them
1: yes uh I, okay so I, I i spent a hot minute thinking that deanna was a changeling <laughs> i did uh well okay so like we see that she got captured and we're like okay you don't see how she got captured by them and and then the conversation that she had with Riker in the episode after that when they're on the ship and it 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 just the conversation felt off to me like it felt like it was a very leading conversation like Riker was the one bringing up points and then Deanna was just kind of agreeing with them. Like she didn't know all the information. So it, it felt like they kind of left it open. Like she might be a changeling. <laughs> I wasn't entirely convinced she wasn't a changeling. I'm just That'd be saying. a pretty big
0: twist right now.
1: I, 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 I'm still, i still. I mean, as much as with the events of what happened in. Episode nine, and it feels like the changelings are all going to the wayside. I I was never entirely convinced that she wasn't a changeling. <laughs> Maybe I'm just paranoid. I don't know.
0: And that's fair. That's fair because as they've said, the changelings can be anyone. Now they can pass the blood test. They can make their way through a transporter. So it's entirely possible. Uh, I know some people out there are a little concerned about a particular character that we saw in episode nine uh possibly being dead or maybe being a changeling who knows uh we see later on that counselor troy uh looks inside of jack's mind and sees the red door that's inside of jack's mind she opens it up and she sees the borg dun dun dun
1: Okay, why is it always the Borg? I, 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 I'm just going to come out here and say it. This was my immediate reaction upon seeing it. Why is it always the Borg? Why? I feel like we set up this entire thing that it is going to be the Changelings were the big bad guys of the season. And now we're in episode nine and we take the swerve and we're like, okay, it's not the Changeling, It's the Borg. Why is it always the Borg?
0: Because Terry Metalis is a TNG super fan, and it's what people want.
1: It's what Terry Metalis wants. It's not what people want. Terry Metalis go- doesn't give a shit about what people want. Okay, Terry Metalis does what he wants.
0: But a lot of people are okay with it too. Uh, there's a lot of TNG nostalgia out there, so we're going with the Borg. So Jack decides to find the Borg cube and go to the Borg queen. And we'll leave that there for now. Let's see. What else? What else? What else? Uh,
1: Okay. Uh, uh, This is going to be a side point of the entire thing here, but can we talk about Captain Shaw for a second?
0: Absolutely. Because
1: I need to get some shit off my chest concerning Captain Shaw. Okay. I don't care how much you all find him lovable. Captain Shaw is the epitome of a trans allegory in this show. In the fact that he continued throughout eight and a half episodes to dead name seven. Okay. And the fact that when he is finally, and I'm not quite certain he's actually dead, Uh, He might not be because we didn't really see what happened following this, but the fact that it took him believing he was dying to finally call her by her chosen name does not forgive him in my book.
0: No, it doesn't.
1: I'm just putting that out there. I don't care how adorable you all think he is. It doesn't forgive him for dead naming Seven for most of the damn season. And even having her correct him. I mean, that scene on the bridge in, I believe it was episode eight, when she looked at him and she's like, my name is Seven of Nine. Like, I mean, she should have never had to say that. <laughs> Okay, and B, he still continued to call her Commander Hansen after that because he does it at least once more in the episode. Yep, yep. Like, it's not okay, folks. You can't excuse this. And just just the fact when, and, and, and I, I know it was written, so like, oh, it's, he, he's dying, he finally hands the ship over to her and and calls her seven of nine you're supposed to forgive him in that instance i'm not i'm not forgiving him (laughs) i
0: don't think you necessarily have to forgive him because i didn't think that gave him a pass by any means because it's as you said he still kept calling her commander hansen up until the point where he died he he really hadn't changed until it was literally a deathbed confession so no he he does not get a pass i i he he was a fun character for a while but i think i think that i think we can move on from liam shaw i think we can move on
1: yeah i i i mean i i just
0: he was fun for this season but we can move on without him
1: I, uh, I'm I'm not even gonna say it was fun. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not gonna do it.
0: <laughs> we we've had enough. We've had enough of Captain Shaw.
1: I I just I I just want people to understand that his actions towards how he treated Seven throughout the season are not okay. And it, if if you think they are okay, if you you think he should get a pass because he, oh he's he's just a grumpy old fart or whatever. No, like that. This is where you need to stand up and say it's not okay. It's not okay to treat people like that. Because, yes, seven isn't actually trans. And so, it, but, but it is a trans allegory. It is a trans allegory. Using someone's dead name, some, a name that they choose not to use and associate with anymore, it is a trans allegory. And so, if you think actions like that are okay or are forgivable, you need to check your your morals there because they're not. They really aren't.
0: And there will be people that will use the excuse or the explanation rather because there's a difference between excuses and explanations. The explanation of Shaw having trauma and survivor's guilt from the incident at wolf 359 so he had he harbors this resentment towards anyone affiliated with the borg that still doesn't make it better you can you can sympathize but it doesn't excuse it
1: well it, and if if you want to use that as an explanation or an excuse then why did he use her chosen name in the situation in which he died, because it was, it's a very similar. It, it, if if the, his trauma from War Three Five Nine is part of his reasoning for treating her like that, he's going through that exact same trauma in that moment because the Borg just fucking took over his ship. Okay, so he he's dealing with similar trauma in that moment. Then why did he decide when he was dying to to use her chosen name? It's 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 not an excuse, and and it, it's not a good enough reasoning. Because it, if that was really the reason why he was doing it, he wouldn't have thought to use her her Borg designation in that instance. You see what I'm saying? Like
0: yeah, yeah.
1: Or, I just I that. Two plus two doesn't equal four in that instance in my book. I, I, yeah.
0: And and I'm saying the logic is faulty, but it's what I've seen some people say. But it's, it's flimsy at best. So Captain Shaw is dead from what we see. And we go to Frontier Day, where all of Starfleet is making its way to Terra Firma, Mother Earth, to celebrate... 250 years since the flight of the NX-01. We get a cameo on the Enterprise F from none other than Elizabeth Shelby, now Admiral Shelby, from TNG. So this really caught me off guard because, wow, they're really bringing in everybody. They brought in everybody for this season of card. Uh I think the only person left that hasn't had a cameo appearance is Leia Brahms. But yeah, we saw Shelby. A- and as an admiral, no less. And uh, if you heard Riker, she- he was he was a little annoyed at that. Admiral Shelby, whoop-de-doo, uh, because they butted heads in that episode of of TNG. But yeah, she showed up. She was an admiral, and for some later on she was what looks to be in a lot of trouble aboard the enterprise f
1: yep well i mean we see the borg signal that comes across the entire fleet and uh they discover that the thing the changelings were doing when they infiltrated Starfleet was to put the section of Picard's DNA that was actually changed Borg DNA into the transporters. So it could become part of Starfleet personnel and they could essentially assimilate people. But the catch of that is that it's only people under the age of 25 (laughs) assimilated.
0: And then we see the younger officers aboard the Titan assimilated and take over the ship.
1: Yeah. Okay. So I, I didn't read this myself, but someone actually my dad told me he read this and it makes sense because that was the voice i heard when jack was on the board cube uh so who do you think's voicing the queen
0: uh well they had alice krieg in the in the credits
1: oh yeah it sounded like alice krieg so i'm i'm assuming it's her
0: and hey it's the board queen
1: Yep. I mean,
0: Uh, the Borg Queen met with Jack and they had a conversation. And the last thing we see of Jack after he leaves the Titan is that he is being assimilated by the Borg Queen. We'll see what goes from there. So, with the Titan being captured, Jack being gone, our old friends, Picard and crew, are Left with no other choice but to evacuate, and they head uh, with the help of Jordy LaForge to a secret hiding space where Jordy has the USS Enterprise D, and everybody's nostalgia tears were flowing like crazy.
1: Now, <laughs> I, mean, I did cry a little bit in this instance, but I'm gonna tell you what exactly made me cry because yes i love the d and it was emotional
0: you love the d i, I
1: do it, it was emotional seeing it but the exact moment where i burst into tears was when picard said computer and you heard Majel barrett's voice
0: yeah that was big that was that was, that big. was
1: the exact moment where i burst into tears
0: Yeah, that was a moment. That was definitely that. That entire scene. Those, all those five minutes or so, where for me, it was when Jordy turned on the lights, had the computer turn on the lights, Mm. uh, and then we saw the entire bridge. And hey, for once in this season of Picard, it was well lit and we could see everything. (laughs) And that, that's what really did it for me. It was just seeing the bridge and seeing the lights and, and Picard appreciating the carpet because you don't have carpet on starships anymore. <laughs> so now we're at the point where the old crew of the Enterprise D are making their way to Earth. And that's where we're left off with Episode Nine.
1: Oh, and Seven and Rafi are still on the Titan with a whole bunch of assimilated Starfleet officers. I'm just saying.
0: Yeah, yeah, they are. Yeah, they are. (laughs) Because
1: they didn't go with them. So, yeah.
0: So Seven and Rafi are together, finally. Uh, Hopefully they stay together and they'll be okay. And we're going to find out next episode.
1: Yeah, I, I, I just, I, I don't know what to think of season three of Picard. It, it has a lot of, it's had a lot of good moments, but it has a lot of things that I really did not enjoy watching, and I, I just, I want Star Trek to move forward ultimately, and I think. And this, this sounds really weird coming from me because I do like the nostalgia of the older characters and the, the call-ins and tiebacks and things like that. But it can be done in a way that it's, it, it's very natural and still moves forward with new characters and things like that. And, and we see that in a show like Lower Decks where we see lots of cameos and callbacks and nostalgia but it's still focused on new characters and moving things forward and I think um season three of Picard has really shown me that I want to move forward in the Star Trek universe and I don't want to stay in the past
0: I'm glad you said that because I'm a hundred percent on the same page I asked the question on Twitter because I have really been kind of struggling with this idea because I'm wondering, is there such a thing as too much nostalgia? Are we getting too much nostalgia from season three of Picard? And I think people watching this are holding onto their nostalgia very tight and they don't want to let it go. What I'm hoping is that this is the final send-off of the TNG cast. This is going to be final and absolute, and everyone can move on. Because I think for Star Trek to move on, it has to leave the past in the past. I'm okay with everyone having a final curtain call. And fans and the actors and the performers and and the crew that make star Trek celebrating this moment and celebrating TNG and celebrating star Trek. I'm okay with that, but this last episode has to be the end and we've got to move forward because I don't want to just have a franchise that is just stuck in the past.
1: Yeah, I, I I, mean, I feel like there's a lot of f- fans that are stuck in the past, and that's not a good thing. And I mean, the, the fan reaction to certain things is how we got to show like strange new worlds, which is still set in the past universe of Star Trek. And now we're having the same fan reaction when it comes to all these legacy TNG characters. I don't want to see Star Trek Legacy. I'm just putting it out there right now.
0: Oh, thank you so much, Heather. Thank you. God. I don't want
1: to see it. If we're going to move the universe forward, it needs to be a show where a character like, and, and I'm not just saying this because I love Seven and Rafi as characters. It needs to be a show with a, char- a legacy character like Seven who's not quite as old as the rest of them. And it's built around her and newer characters in the universe moving forward. That's what I always wanted Star Trek Picard to be. And the fact that it turned into a nostalgia horror show in season three really disappointed me on some level. I, I, I love, and don't get me wrong, I love these characters. I do. I love each and every one of them. But I don't want to see a Star Trek legacy show. These guys are good for cameos and showing up now and then and having a good time they are not good for a regular show built around them we need new blood and new stories and new characters that can move this universe forward and a star trek legacy show isn't it it's not it it
0: it really really isn't Sometimes you're not, you can't listen to the fans because fans will tell you to do the same things over and over and over again. And that's not good if you want your franchise to survive and if you want it to thrive. You need new ideas, you need new people, you need new shows, you need new characters. Yes, you can find a way to connect them to the past, but you need ways to move on and move forward otherwise you become stagnant and i don't want this franchise to become stagnant since it has come back since 2017 it has been trying to move forward but it has been met with some backlash and that's a problem that is a serious problem because that's how franchises die if you let nostalgia and the past keep weighing you down you're gonna be stuck and th- this finale for star trek picard it needs to be final it needs to be otherwise what's the point what's the point yeah but i'm looking forward to the finale
1: Ah. <laughs> uh... I'm not sure if I'm looking forward to the finale. I, I, I feel like once, and, and maybe this is just a common theme throughout Star Trek Picard, but once again, we're left with a lot of threads that we need to tie up in one episode. And it, it, it like, especially after episode nine, where it's like you literally changed the big bed of the season in an instant. To something entirely different
0: let like, me ask you heather i don't know if it was just me but did it feel like they crammed a lot of stuff into episode nine
1: they did they really okay didn't. yeah yeah so i it i i mean it it worked but at the same time like i i, I don't know I'm, I'm just i'm not a fan of it and i'm not quite sure how they're going to wrap everything up in just this last episode So, I don't know. We'll see. We will see.
0: We will. We'll see. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. I hope that it gives us an ending and it doesn't just leave things open-ended. I'm not going to nitpick how it ends unless it's something really crappy. If it's something really bad, then I'll nitpick it. I will say that this season, I have enjoyed it. I haven't enjoyed it as much as other people, but I've enjoyed it. I have my quibbles. I I have my issues with it. It's not perfect. I do think episode nine threw a lot of stuff at it. And I'm interested in seeing what they do. I'm interested in seeing how they pull it off. And we'll find out very soon we'll talk about it here.
1: Yes, yes we will.
0: Let's go into upcoming business, Heather, where we talk about things that are coming soon in the world of Star Trek. We finally, finally, finally have a release date for Strange New Worlds season 2. Woohoo! And that's going to be June 15th. Um I like it. I'm happy about it. And I think that they'll definitely give us something that I know a lot of people are wanting and that will be a focus on number one because the season left off with number one being arrested by Starfleet and I feel like they left us with a cliffhanger like TNG would do and now I think that they have to solve it and that's that's exciting to me I'm I'm interested. I'm excited. I I liked strange new worlds and I'm excited to see what comes next.
1: I, I mean, you know, I had my ups and downs with strange new worlds too. Um, but they better give us a focus on number one. That's all I'm going to say. It's, it's not, they, they should, or they probably will. They better do that. Um, And I am, because I love the idea of crossovers, so I'm thrilled for the Lower Deck Strange New Worlds crossover that we're going to get in this season.
0: That's going to be amazing. Because
1: I have no idea how it's going to happen, but it's just going to be so much fun. So, I'm thrilled for that.
0: And... One thing that I've liked about Strange New Worlds is that they definitely put an emphasis on the strange in Strange New Worlds, and that episode sounds like it will be very, very strange in the best way possible, so I'm looking forward to it a lot. I I have high hopes for season two. Uh, One thing we know about Star Trek series is that the first season is usually the worst, and with as well received as Strange New World season one was, it can only get better. It can only get better.
1: That's true.
0: All right. What else do we have for new business before we get out of here? Uh,
1: the Starfleet Academy show.
0: Yeah, Starfleet Academy. That's another one that they've been talking about for a while, but is finally happening. Officially, official. And it seems as though this might be taking place in the future, in the discovery era. From what I've been, from what I saw, and what I was reading,
1: I I believe it's pretty certain it's taken place in the 32nd century. Yes. So uh, like that episode that we got with Tilly and the cadets, I I think you could could consider that a backdoor pilot into the Starfleet Academy show. Um, So my biggest hope is, as much as they've been talking about this, the potential of doing this show forever, uh, my biggest hope is that clearly this show is coming as a direct spinoff of Discovery to just kind of like Strange New Worlds is but it's in a more direct way and it's going to be set in the same time frame that Discovery is now. So with Discovery ending, um, my biggest hope for the show is that we'll get to see a lot of the cast and characters that we love from Discovery pop up on the show from time to time. So I'm looking forward to that.
0: Do you think Tilly will be a regular character?
1: Um I hope so. I hope so.
0: Me too. Me too. I I think that... I hope that we're not just totally leaving Discovery behind. Because without Discovery, we wouldn't be here. You know?
1: Yeah. And, and, you know, I'd like to really think that this show isn't going to do that. You know? Like, there will be... Considering it's set in like a a set location starfleet academy there's a potential to bring in guest stars whenever someone has the chance depending on what they're doing at the time uh, from the discovery crew to pop in as guest stars on the show and so in that way we'll never truly leave discovery behind and we'll always have some aspect (laughs) See, now I'm getting emotional. We'll always have some aspect of this show that we love that lives on in this Academy show. And I'm, I'm very hopeful for that.
0: I am too. And once again, most importantly, something I said a minute ago, with Starfleet Academy, we'll be moving forward with new characters and new adventures and new stories. And I think that's the most important thing Star Trek needs. It's time to be new. It's time to move forward. And it's time to go boldly into the future. Yes. My. I think that covers it, Heather. I think that covers everything.
1: That about covers it. Yeah. All right.
0: We'll be back in time for uh, in a couple of weeks to wrap up Star Trek Picard and talk about everything that happens in the final episode. So thank you all for listening. Uh Heather, what have you got going on? Tell anybody what you've got going on.
1: You know, I have absolutely nothing going on. <laughs> I I just um y- you know, I I I'm glad we had a chance to record today. I've been a little unmotivated. So uh it was nice to get back and talk about Star Trek and You know, I have some plans for our next couple episodes and what's going to happen. And other than that, you know, I'm just, I'm here. I'm queer. I'm nerdy.
0: And you should never apologize for it. Yeah. Well, Heather, thank you as always for doing this with me. This is the Promenade Merchants podcast, everybody. You can find it wherever you get your podcasts. I'm David. She's Heather. And until next time, live logs and problems.